This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. You're listening to the West End Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West End Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, an XWH employee. This week we preview tonight's FA Cup tie at Derby and have a good old catch up with our very own Jimmy Walker to see how it's going with the West Ham ladies, working with Conch, Mark Noble's role in the men's team, why we're struggling so much this season, Ariola's happiness and what he thinks we need in this transfer window before getting news from X and answering questions from patrons of the West Ham way. After we record this podcast, we're going to Derby for a game that I think we'll lose. Can you be more optimistic? Yeah, I don't think we'll lose. Um, I fear a draw because obviously a replay isn't really what we want either. But uh, I don't think we'll lose. I, I mean, Derby are on form. Um, and their form's been well documented, so it's not an easy game. And obviously they were, once upon a time, a very good team. Um, so it is a bit of a challenge. It's not an easy game. You can see always in cups, the underdog often does well against a bigger team. They'll be well up for it because they're having a good season. And, you know, they haven't played Premier League team um, very often recently so they'll be well up for it um, but I do think we should have enough quality to get through that and I, I think or well, uh, a worse draw but at best obviously we should we win I'm going to go for 2-0 Well I don't want to be a Debbie Downer but you are quite right they are in good form apparently they haven't lost in 90 minutes since November um, they are doing very well they're having a good season they're at home it's on telly it's the FA Cup where Big big clubs get knocked out all the time in this competition. It's famous for it. And they are going to be well up for it. And whilst you're right, on paper, we should have more than enough quality to get through this. The quality players we're talking about aren't performing. So I think this has got defeat written all over it. I really do. I just hope I'm wrong. Um, so you think the 2-0 win, do you? Um, I think so, mate. I mean, obviously, I'm not sitting here confident. I'm not sitting here, and I'll probably regret saying this now because <laughs> I seem to regret everything I say at the moment when it comes to West Ham. But uh, yeah, I'll probably, <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably regret saying that we'll win this game. But um, yeah, I, I, just feel, <laughs> I just feel quite comfortable. That, well, not comfortably, sorry, wrong word. I feel reasonably confident that the Everton result was good enough. 
Um, as in, we, we you know we beat them 2-0. Yes, a poor team, but in theory, we should beat Derby. There's slightly less pressure on the players. Because, you know, in a cup game, of course, we want to win and we want to go through to the next stage and every game is important. But they, they know it's not a relegation battle. There'd be a slight change in the team, I would guess. I haven't heard the team yet, but there'll be a slight freshening up. So uh, I would think... As you know, as I say, I'm not sitting here going put your money on it because I'm not feeling that confident. But I would be very disappointed if we don't at least come away with a draw from that game. Mm. I watched the Man City and Arsenal FA Cup game, and I looked at it, and as gutted as Arsenal clearly were to have been knocked out, I thought, you know what, that's not going to do you any harm in your quest to win the league, not having this competition to focus on. No. Do you think it'd be the end of the world if? We got knocked out in our quest to stay in the fucking league. No, I actually think you're right. I think it could be a good thing for them because in the grand scheme of things for Arsenal, winning the league is so much more um, important than winning uh, the FA Cup. Of course, it would be great for them to get the FA Cup. Um, but obviously, if you're going to choose out, out of the two of them for a club like Arsenal, then winning the league against the expectations this year would be much bigger for them. In terms of West Ham, it's a difficult one because, you know, of course, you're right. For our priorities, one one million percent staying in the Premier League is the most important thing. I know people say West Ham haven't won a trophy in forty years, so they take us winning the FA Cup and then getting relegated. But I just think financially that'd be catastrophic for us. It would set yeah. us back so so many years in terms of the players that would go, the wages, you know, new managers, the ground, everything. So I think obviously our priorities stay in the league. We've got the conference league still out of two of them I'd probably rather win the conference league it's tough it's tough between them because obviously the FA Cup has more prestigiousness in terms of the domestic league but probably the European trophy has more if you're like a foreign player looking in on it I would guess so it depends on your feelings in the FA Cup I guess but it's a close one between those two so if West Ham did go out it wouldn't be the end of the world and I don't think it'll be enough to judge David Moyes on you know, if we do lose this game um, I don't think he'll be sacked as a result of it so that kind of maybe puts into perspective the scale of the game um, but ideally in terms of West Ham season of course if we could stay up and get sort of far in one of those cups or both it would be great and also in terms of momentum if we beat Everton and then we beat Derby um, convincingly then I think in terms of our progression to turn this season around two straight wins is obviously a hell of a lot better than a win and a loss mm. Mm. Well, as we come to the end of the transfer window now, how are your blood pressure readings this month? <laughs> um, <laughs> I always find these transfer windows tough, I'm not going to lie. Um, this one's not been maybe as tough as others because I've kind of expected West Ham to not do much business. So the expectation wasn't there as such. And also, I didn't have to tra- chase as many deals like in the summer, you know, when we were signing what was it, eight players, nine players, and linked to so many. You know, you spend your whole day trying to find out about five different players every day, whereas this summer, sorry, this window, the transfer, transfers have been reasonably straightforward. We knew we were going to get a striker. Of course, Ings came quite quickly, um, but see, we said at the start of the window we were interested in him, so it was all covered, but it did move quickly towards the end. And then the, the, the defender ones have been sort of on hold. Even David Moyes doesn't, has admitted in press conference, he doesn't really know what West Ham are going to do. So West, West Ham transfers are never easy to report because, as I've always explained many a time, we have a scattergun approach. I Every window, I see a list of what players West Ham are interested in from 
sort of that they're going to be scouted at and maybe proposed to. And there's usually about 10 for every position, of which I maybe reveal five to six of the ones I feel that are that are more likely to happen than the ones that aren't. Um, and of course, one can come out of the left field where an agent suddenly calls the club and you, and you don't and you don't know about that one because it's kind of done through agents. But anyway, and it looks like I'm putting hundreds of names out there, but they're just the names that are given to me. And then obviously people are very reactionary in the transfer window, probably more so than when West Ham are actually playing. So you have to deal with that side of it. But, you know, it is what it is. It makes it make or break me, so to speak, in terms of getting my, my name out there. So I shouldn't moan too much. It can be fun when you put off a deal as in West Ham do, and then I know all about it, so that's, that can be interesting. I like doing the emojis, but I know the deal's done, so there are some positives, but uh, yeah, I can't wait for first of uh, February, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, mate, I bet. Well, earlier on, we caught up with Jimmy Walker to talk about a variety of subjects, and this is what he had to say. Jimmy, old pal, it's great to be speaking to you again. How are you? Ah, it's great to be back, lads. I've missed you. I hope you're all well. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thank you. Hopefully, likewise. Good man. Um, how's things going with the women's team? Do you know what, Dave? It's been, it's been good. Really enjoyed it. Like, it's, it's funny how it comes about and things just happen. You know, I weren't, I've sort of gone from, you know, I'd sort of give up on the, not give up on the coach. I sort of fell out of love with the coaching. You know, I've been at some clubs before and I spoke to you about it before. It's like, I end up at, couple of clubs and so he sort of fell out of the managers a little bit. I never fell out with him. I just you know when you you're getting as especially as a goalkeeping coach, you're sort of getting tired with what they're doing and I, I had no chance to affect it and they weren't listening to what I was asked what I was saying sort of thing. And so it was difficult and so long story short of it, I sort of fell out of love with the coaching a little bit, come away from it. And it's only when I came back to the academy with Kev Keen when Kev Keen asked me to come in with the Academy boys last year. That sort of thought, oh, I missed that. That was great. I mean, the, the academy lads were superb. I loved it. Like the coaching staff there, Kev Keane, and you know, you've got Gerard Prendival, people like that behind the scenes. They're brilliant lads. And he gave me a little buzz for it again, especially, you know, you're passing on that experience again to the young lads. And they're, they're not not hanging on to every word, but they, they know I've come sort of, you know, I played at West Ham and, you know, I know what it takes to do it. And they're, they're asking me questions. I'm helping them. And, I loved it. I loved that time there. And it really got me a little focus back on coaching. And obviously being down there, the women are alongside it. And when Conch, when when, when Paul Conchesti got the got the job, the first team manager's job, he's like, look, I don't know what you're doing next season, but would you fancy it? Like, part of, come part of my coaching staff, take the goalkeepers and see what develops from there. And I always said, after I left it and fell out of love with really, it, I would never work for anyone I'd you know, I didn't like or didn't want to do well again sort of thing. Yeah. You know, it'd have to be the right environment to go back into. And so it was a nice progression into the women's because I got on really well with the girls. I took a few sessions with the academies, actually joined them in with the academy lads as well. And it was great. So I sort of knew them from that. And I've been there a couple of months, got to know the girls really well. And it was it was great. And it was a lovely, concentrated, a great environment, all the stuff behind the scenes. Created a great environment for them in there. And so I really enjoyed it. And, the, the assistant manager left, Edu, and he went to Wolves and, you know, the, op- the opportunity came up and Conscious like, look, would you would you fancy it? Have you ever done it? I said, well, I've never done, I've never been an assistant manager before. I've sort of took a lot of sessions and I've done lots of coaching, you know, in the clubs I've been at. Like to have done a little bit more, given a chance, but never, never happened. But so when he came and he 
he said, why don't we just try it? Try it and see how it goes. And, you know, unfortunately, it's, been, it's, it's gone quite well and I've enjoyed it. I'm not going to get everything right straight away. I think everyone knows that, but I sort of know football and it's just getting, you know, I'm getting to know the girls' side of the football as well. It's been great. It's been great. Lovely learning experience as well for me and throws up a lot of different challenges as well with the girls. They ask a lot more questions than the boys. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what women are like they like to test you <laughs> so I have to just ask you on that right because I remember when I had a chat with Julian when he was the West Ham ladies manager and the first question I had for him because it was actually quite a formal interview was what's the key differences between um, managing a men's team and managing a ladies team and he said and I, he, he had a smirk on his face when he said it so I don't know if it was a serious answer but he said uh, you have to talk to them differently to how you would talk to men. And I think he was alluding to the fact that if you're going to bollock them, you've got to do it in the right way and you've got to choose your words as opposed to how you bollock the men's team. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I got along with it. I got along with this in different ways, but, you know, I, I always say, like, I, saw, I think I know football. Not sure I know women because I'm divorced twice. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I've had to really think about it and ask questions a lot and, and gauge the situations a lot. But the girls have been brilliant with me, to be fair. They've, they've been great. But it, there is definitely something in that. It's uh, especially the men's the men's football I've, when I've coached in that before. You just you won't hesitate. You just tell them like what you think and you you'd say what you what you wanted to say and get it out in whatever way you want to say it. I mean, there's sort of, I, you know, I disagree with what I've just said there a little bit because I think even in the, on, in the men's game, you know, you, there's different personalities and different ways of getting the best out of people. So I think it's not just, it's not just black and white either side, you know, you, you on the men's side of things, you do need to know who you're talking to as well and the best way to get that across to them as well. So I think I have got it a bit from that as well, but, on the flip side, like you'll say to a bloke and he'll go, say to a player, man player, and he'll go, right, you need to do this or you're not doing that way enough or you've got to do this. And they go, okay. And they just go and do whatever you said, sort of thing. <laughs> well, the girls will go, why? <laughs> First question, well, well, why would I do that? And I go, okay. And I want, I want to say, because I'm, I'm telling you to. <laughs> but that won't, that won't be good enough. Like You have to break it down. And do you know what? I've, I've actually really enjoyed it. And it's really challenged me. Because I've never yeah. had to think of it like that before. It's just, it, if you're in charge, it's your way. And you live or die by that way. But this way, yeah. the, girls will be, the girls are great. They'll go, well, what about this, Jim? And what if that does that? And they ask them. And we end up throwing a lot back to them because they actually really know the football as well and say, all right, what do you see? And they and they'll give and some of the answers they come out with, if I was just telling them what to do, I wouldn't hear their their side of it and their version of it, and you get a bit more feel of what they're thinking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, maybe, maybe maybe that's something that it could be incorporated in the men's game. You know, you get a couple of you get players that get frustrated with the manager because they feel like they don't get their say. Well, it appears in, yeah. in the women's game they have it more. So maybe it's something the men could learn from the women's no, game. Listen, I, I actually honestly honestly it's one of those if I I wish I'd done it earlier, to be honest, because it's real yeah. I've never thought of these challenges before, you know, and it would have prepared me a lot better for the for the man's side of the game as well. You know, because sometimes you just rant and go off on one. Yeah. And actually, it's probably not the best way to get the best out of them. You, you can lose the players. And you see it when managers do lose dressing rooms. It's all over. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's over. Yeah. So you actually really need to. And I, and I got that 
from doing the men's side, but not quite as much because it gets to a point you just have a rant and tell them what to do. But from this side, it's great. And yeah, like I said, I've actually really enjoyed it. It's been, been challenging and it's made me question it a little bit. I'll go back and go, I don't think I quite got my point across. I wanted it there. Or maybe I've got to break that down a little bit more because we forget, you know, men's games is totally different to the women's game. Right, it's so. It's, it's been around for hundreds of years, the men's game. Lads have come through academies for the last 30, 40 years, you know. I was YTS mm-hmm. back in the day and come through and ended up bringing that way. The girls are just starting on their journeys. You know, Lioness is winning the Euros, escalated it 10 years ahead of where it was, you know, and, and it's coming. It just needs more time, more time, more infrastructure, you know, more coaching in there. And, you know, you, you'll get some of the players now. They'll go into coaching as well and they'll be able to pass on to the girls coming through what, what they've gone through. Do you know what I mean? And it, it can only help them. And it can only help the game thrive. And, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Also, obviously, Conch is doing a good job then with those with those results. What's he like as a manager? You know, he's a former player of ours, and um, you know, I can't I can't really say I would have imagined him as a manager as such. But you know, what what is he like as a manager? What's his yeah, style? Yeah, no, listen, I, I've known Conch obviously since we played together. Mm. West Ham is great, great lad in the change room. Loved him playing alongside him as well, and he's a good player as well. To be fair, really good player. Mm. You know, a top player, and and he took that. I mean, at the time, would I say he went in managing? Probably not. I wouldn't have thought he would have gone into it. But I would have said you wouldn't have said Colton Cole would have gone into punditry. Yeah, Jimmy Walker going into the women's game. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I would have said that was a no-brainer, actually. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that coming a mile off. I think a few of our mates are on your line, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh. but now I go back to Conch. Yeah, he's great. Um, what he does his style because he was assistant manager last year and so I think he learned a lot from the last manager as well and grew into the role and when he got asked to take it this year you know he's embraced it he took it on board and his relationship with the girls are excellent like he's he really cares about the players you know and the players feel that and I think when you're valued like that as a player you want to go that extra yard for the manager I don't care who you are if you if you feel valued by the manager you want to play for you want to play for the manager, whoever it is. You'll go that extra yard for you, and he's created a really good environment there as well. And they've bought into what Conscious doing, and I've I've just tried to add a bit of value where I could, you know, coming in a little bit later. And and that touch wood at the minute, it's worked really well. Hopefully, it continues. Mm, good for you, mate. That's quality, Jim. Do you get much chance to interact with a men's team? Because uh, they're at Rush Green and we're at Chadwell. Mm. It's more with you know the academy side of it. Um, yeah. the 21s come over quite a lot as well you know, you've got Steve Potts and Mark Robson in charge there and you know Billy Lapine who takes the goalies they're always over doing bits as well and the tw- like it's brilliant because I love that I love like I said I love, the academy lads are brilliant and it's, I mean it's no secret the quality they've got in there with the 18s and 21s and mids oh. especially the 18s is outstanding I mean, smashing it and I oh my god honestly you could see it last year like and there was all first year. There was like young last year. There's only one or two that were second years last year. So you've got like, say, Caelan Casey, for example. He, he was a first year. And Ollie Scholes, they're first years. He was 16 last year. And he's playing week in, week out, the 18s, the odd 21s game, being involved. And you've, you had to remind yourself, they're first year scholars. 
wow. 16, 17. It's ridiculous. The quality I look when I look at it, I go, and I think back to when I was here, and I'm going, they're miles and miles ahead of what we was. I mean, we was pretty root, pretty lawless as a youth team. My youth team was was lawless anyway. We used to boot everyone. <laughs> the quality, the, the well, that's how we won games, but that was back then. But now the quality I see with them like is is exceptional. And to actually watch them from last season coming, you know, coming to this back into this season, the way they play in this season, and Kaylin Casey, who I mentioned, playing regularly at the twenty one, probably turned into the twenty ones most valuable player. He's a second year scholar. You know, he's seventeen, he's eighteen, just turned eighteen. So, you know, the, what you've got, it's really hard for players to come through. I get that. But you've got the seven or eight in and around it. You know, players like George Murphy and that scored the other night for the 18s. You know, they're pretty good players. I mean, you always say it, it's difficult to come through and come through the system and play for the first team. You only get one or two through, but you'd like to think out of this crop. If you, you are definitely hoping you'd get two or three through. Definitely. And, if you can get a couple more through as well, well, you know, that's what you should, that's what I know the club are aiming for that because you know, when, when you see what they're doing and how they're playing and the quality they've got, it, it, it's great to watch. And another one of your um, former teammates is also knocking around the club at the moment, and that's uh, Mark Noble. Do you do you get to see him much at all? Because he puts himself amongst um, the different uh, like training grounds of the stadium and so on. I was wondering if you've crossed paths with him at all. Well, yeah, many times. Listen, I mean, Nob's a good friend anyway. He's a fantastic guy. What a great, you know, everyone knows what a serve and what a player he's been for West Ham. You know, to, to have him back there is, is great to have him back there. I see him quite a lot. He always comes in. He's watched a few of the women. He's watched us train a few times. He's actually come and done a few Q&As with the women as well. You know, they've asked him, we said, look, give, give us insight. Give an insight. What it takes, what it takes to play for West Ham, what it takes to have a longevity in your career and how you can take it to another level and, and all that. So he's been brilliant with the girls. He's had, you know, we've had a few Q&As and that and he's always around. His boy trains up there as well at, at Chadwell. You know, his lad trains up there with the under-14s, I think, under-15s. So he's always up and around there and he always comes in the office and we have a bit of crack and it's great. So I think, I think to have him at the club, you know, in the new role is excellent. I do think we've missed him in the change room hugely. If anyone asks me, you know, where we've struggled a little bit, I think just that that link in between there, and it's it's quite hard. Dex's still a young player, you know. He's still a young player, he's still focusing on his game, and you don't want to take away from what he does because he's one of the best midfielders, in, at least in Europe, you know, if not the world. So that that experience in the changing room, I think, of just having nobs in there and just talking to different players when someone maybe have, was having a bad time or fell out with a manager or whatever it is or... You know, crowd on the back, just having nobs in the changing room. And you can affect it different as a player, you know. I don't care what you say. As a coach, you try and affect it. You know, he's now director of football, his title. But you, you can't quite affect it ever as much as you could when you're inside that changing room. And you're a player, you know, you're alongside and you're a teammate. Because then you can really affect it. If you've got that. So I, I do think we've missed that in the changing room this year. And I, I think that's... One of the reasons we've not quite got the results we wanted and not got as many points on the board as we would have hoped. Mm, yeah, it's very true, mate. I mean, in your conversations with Mark, Jim, has he gone into the specifics as to what the role actually consists of? Because from a fan's perspective, or certainly from my perspective, 
it kind of almost seems like he's a bit here, there and everywhere doing a bit of everything. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that he's up the ladder in the canteen fixing the fucking electrics, you know, that sort of geezer. He seems well, to be but, but, kind of doing everything. <laughs> what, what, has he told you what his first, core focus is? If, do you know what? If they asked him to do that and it helped West Ham in any way, He'd do it, wouldn't he? He would do it. He yeah, would do yeah, it. He would yeah. do it. He just wants the best for the club. Yeah. So I think, you know, he's never spoke specifically about what he'd do. Listen, I, I think the plan is that he, he runs everything, you know, but it's hard when you've just come out of playing to go straight into that. I think he's finding his feet a little bit and and it's it's not helped with the results, do you know what I mean? So it's a tough start, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you, you want to affect things straight away and you want to get on the front foot and you want to do things, but sometimes maybe you just need to sit back a little and assess it and just find your feet and find the best way to help. And now, listen, I, I've not I've not spoken to those on this at all, you know, like directly like and asked him questions about it. You know, he's got, his, he, he knows what he needs to do. He knows football inside out. He knows West Ham inside out. So to have someone who knows the club and and loves the club as much as Mark does, you know, it can only be good for, for West Ham and it can only be good for us. And, and moving forward, it'll be a fantastic thing. Like I said, probably the minute he's just finding his feet and the best mm. way to, to, to do it. And I think, you know, yeah, yeah, it's a tough one. It's a real tough one, isn't it? Because you want mm. you want to come out and go right. I'm doing this. I'm I'm in charge of managers and I'm in charge of transfers. I think he I think he is. That's the role. But I think as well, you don't you can't you don't need to go in there guns blazing straight away. You need to mm. assess it and you know and maybe weigh things up a little bit. We've got a lot of experience in there. I know. David, I know David Moyes got his critics as well at the minute, and it's, it's a results business, rightly so. You'd be the first to admit that. But he's very experienced. Do you know what I mean? He's been around. The backroom staff have been around. I know we missed, lost Stuart Pearce as well, which I think was another big loss as well. So yeah, yeah. But you've still got people like Kevin Nolan in there who are fantastic. So it's a lot of experience in there. I don't think we need to panic. And obviously knows where his role. He, he don't need to panic. He needs to find his feet and and work out the best way to help everyone. And and drive the club forward, which is what what we all want. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned there why you think the team might be struggling a bit this season. Obviously, they've, like you say, they've lost Noble from the actual dressing room as such, and you know, they, we lost Stuart Pearce as well. But is there more to it than that? Can you can you pinpoint why results haven't been as as good this year? It's a difficult one, it's a difficult one, actually, because I mean, we've all been at the games, and I, I mentioned you to it before, you know. Like we do the ambassador things, and it's, it's so easy for us to say as fans. It's so easy for us to say as ex-players and ambassadors and watching the game. Like and we're going right today. Can we like be lovely for us to see us start on the front foot, going really press teams, going attack teams, 
you know, with the quality we've got, get the best players in the team and go from that. But unless you're in that, unless you're in the building and on the training pitch day in day out, you never quite know what's happening behind the scenes. You never know. You know, the manager just don't go. Oh, I'm going to do this and do this because the, the only reason he's doing it is because he's going to think it it's the best thing to do at that moment to get the result in the next game. Now that's the only thing he's thinking. So unless you're on the grass every day and in the building, like I said, at the club every day, know what the players are feeling, and you'll never quite know like how hard it is to pick a team or how hard it's your style of play. So, like I say, he's experienced as well. He's been around the block a lot. And, it's one of those you you hope you will get it right because it, it, listen, it's a results business. That's the end of the day. We all know this. Whoever you're in football, it's a results business, and you know you can you can get by on performances so far. If you're playing well and losing, I think you get a bit more time. If you're not playing well and you're losing, and it's you know football's not quite happening, it's not quite there, and players haven't gelled together. You know you you're going to be under pressure, and, and I think everyone at the club knows that. So hopefully we can get it right again and. You know, whether whether we do change a little bit and get on that front foot a little bit more, it's, it's not for us to say. It's like, it's, like I say, it's quite easy from away from it to say we should be doing this and we should be doing that. But that's why football is such a great game, isn't it? Because everyone's got an opinion on it. And we love mm-hmm. that, love the opinion. It don't mm-hmm. make someone right or wrong. It's their opinion on it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just because someone disagrees with a certain style, it doesn't make them wrong and them right. And mm-hmm. It's your, your opinion. You know, the managers at a football club, because opinion of the board and people in charge is he's going to get the best results. So then he has to do what he thinks is best to get them results. And, and listen, we're having a tough time at the moment. You know, we, we, no one wants to see us where we are at the minute. We want to see us progress year on year and we look like look like we was going to do that. And for whatever reason, it's not quite happened. But, you know, like, like I said, I'd like to think we've got enough experience, enough quality in the changing room. We need a little bit of luck because we keep picking up them little niggling injuries as well or bad injuries at the wrong time, you know. But Aguirre did, and he goes out of the team for a little while. Zuma was hobbling for a little bit, and he's had to come out, and, and now he's back. And then we sign Ings to try and get us a couple of quick-fire goals, and, and he's out for a few weeks again. You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So when you're down there, everything does conspire against you. It's, it's ridiculous. You know, when, yeah. you're, when you're flying high, you sort of can ride on the crest of the crest of the wave a little bit. But <laughs> when you're on that crest of the slump, it's a whole different ball game, and you, <laughs> you need to be level-headed and keep keep the faith in what you're doing is right. And listen, we you look at the quality we've got in that change room. Once it gels, it gels. I'm just just waiting for us to go and give someone a, a good hiding and kick the season on. But it feels like I've been waiting for that for for a long time now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're at the halfway point now in terms of Premier League games, and um, it might be unfair to ask you this, Jim, but you're you're quite right. It is a results based business, and performances hasn't been great. So, in which case, should he still be there? I listen, like I've like I've said, that it's you know it's it's an opinions business. It, yep. It's what it is. It's a results business, but it's it's all on people's opinions. Obviously, the people in charge at the minute think he's the right man for the job. He thinks he's he knows he's the right man for the job at the minute, and he. He thinks he can get the best out of the players. Has to get the best out of the players. Like I said, you've said it there. It's a results business. We're not stupid Mm -hmm. in in football. You have a couple of bad results. Whatever team you're at, whether you're in Division 2, the conference, the top of the Prem, you have a couple of bad results, you start getting questions. People ask questions, and rightly so. It's the Mm -hmm. club. They're passionate about it. The fans are passionate about it. People go week in, week out, spend their hard-earned cash. They want to see wins. They want to see you playing well. Never going to happen that way they're allowed to voice their opinion. So for me, listen, whether he should be in charge or not, that ain't my decision. 
I, I, I'm desperate for him to work for him. You know, I, I love what we've done over the last couple of years. Mm. You know, I saw there was a feeling we'd brought the club back together again. And, you know, London Stadium felt home again. And, you know, we felt like we found a home and was kicking on. And it's just a shame that, you know, like it touched on different different reasons for me. It's not just the manager. It's, you know, it's Mark coming out of the changing room. It's the little the injuries we've had with signing Aguerd and, you know, Skamaka's not quite worked and can't quite fit uh, Paqueta into his best position, you know, and working. It's not quite happened, has it, all round? So that's where we're at. But, and we listen, whatever you think, you think he should be in or out, you know, that's the opinion you have. But he knows, he'll know himself and the coaches have to know himself. They've got to find the solutions. They've got to find them quick because we need to move away from the, from that danger zone quickly and start moving up the table. And you know, because you don't want to be down there come sort of the last couple of months because then it does get what's Fergie's squeaky bum time. We don't want none of that business again. I thought <laughs> we got away from that. <laughs> well, do, do, yeah. do you, if you was to predict now which three teams you think won't get away from it, what three teams do you think will go down? It's really difficult to predict, isn't it? Really mm. difficult to predict. I mean, your South Coast teams look like they're struggling a little bit at the moment. You know, your Southamptons, your Bournemouths, struggling. But, I mean, obviously, Everton looks... I mean, they looked, they looked poor the other day. It, was a, it, was, it weren't the greatest of games. It was, it was mm. But we got over the line. And that's what I say about... You know, Moyes' experience and the coaching staff's experience. I think they'll just be able to get enough results to get us out of, out of danger. And then hopefully we can start going and play some, you know, work on the performances from there. But, you know, when you look, I think I think a big team will drop this year. You know, maybe one you wouldn't quite expect. Maybe it's an Everton or maybe someone will drop a little bit from, you know, you always get one that drops down sort of from just below mid-table a little bit and they think they're comfy and then they get dragged into it a little bit. So it might be time for one of those, you know. And I mean, I was always a, I was a Forest fan growing up, but <laughs> I've sort of gone off from that because I didn't like how they all behaved when we when we played in this season. And, <laughs> and like a lot of my mates are Forest fans, who was giving it loads. I go, ah, I've gone off, you know. I don't even like it anymore. <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't want them to go down, but I wouldn't actually be that bothered if they did. <laughs> my mates are going to cave me if they hear that. My Nottingham mates will be on me if they hear that. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, Jim, in terms of your kind of um, short to midterm aspirations, where do you kind of see yourself in, say, two to three years' time? Because obviously it might have taken a bit of an unexpected twist in terms of the assistant manager role now with the ladies. Is that where you see your short-term future or... Or are you looking beyond that? Do you know what, David? It is one of those, like, you never... Life throws so much unexpected stuff at you, doesn't it? I've, I've just learned now to embrace it and, and go with it and, and try and make the most out of every situation that comes up and, you know, and, and try and take, you know, if an opportunity arises, just give it your best. Just go for it. Enjoy it. There's no point doing something if you don't enjoy it. So who knows? I mean, I've, re I've really enjoyed going down this. I thought about it a lot of times that, I threatened to do it at Lincoln. I went in as goalie coach with the Cowleys there and I sort of went, uh, we became a management team sort of thing with them. And then they had sort of different ideas that went on and it didn't in line with mine. So I, I like, I do like the idea of, you know, being able to get across to a team, you know, your your own thoughts and living or living and dying by, you know, hypothetically speaking, living or dying by your own, by your own sword sort of thing, you know, sort of, this is the way I want to do it. If it doesn't work, it's only down to me rather than someone else's 
setting it up and this is how they set it. And you don't quite agree with it, but you've got to go with it because they're in charge of you sort of thing. So, like I said, threatened it a few times. Ipswich had my ideas and they were, the managers at the time wouldn't listen. So it's, it, it's quite tough then. So I've really enjoyed having a bit more of a say on things. You know, who knows? I, I'm enjoying it at the minute. I've really... I think the best way to learn in anything is is to throw yourself into a role, isn't it? You know, you can mm. you can watch people, you can read about it, but until you've actually lived it, you don't know actually what it takes to do it. So, so to actually be in it now and and you know, like I said, assistant manager role, really enjoying it at the minute. Hopefully that continues, and we and it evolves from there. Because I, I always said I'd, I'd like to try. I just didn't think I'd ever get round to doing it. It just so happens it that's how it fell on this one and I thought well while I'm here I'm gonna throw myself into it I've had to put the book on the back burner a little bit because there's, there's too many stories in there because <laughs> if you if you're a manager or assistant manager that book comes out I think you get the sack whatever the results are <laughs> yeah Jim you, you, you're doing brilliant you, you're top of the league you're in the final of the FA Cup but you can't print that and expect to keep your job. <laughs> I, think, I think that's the conversation we'll be having. <laughs> well, when 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 you left the um the academy, there was that famous clip of you singing um, a Backstreet Boys song with them. Have you have you have you done anything similar with the women's team? Have you subjected them to your your singing ability or anything similar? Yeah, of course. <laughs> they're, to, they're actually asking me to stop now. <laughs> yeah. you know, what I mean, what I, songs I, have you done? I picked, well, I picked the Backstreet Boys for the Academy Boys because I'm thinking, right, you've got, you've got to know your audience, haven't you? So <laughs> an, Elvis would have, an, Elvis or, an Elvis number would have fell on deaf ears. So I went <laughs> Backstreet Boys with the words. So it went down, the lads all joined it. It was brilliant. But So with the girls, I'm thinking, oh, I've got no idea. I slipped up a little bit because I went, I went safe and I went American Pie. And there's, only couple, there's only a couple know that one, but I enjoyed it. I, I did the whole. I didn't just do the short version. I did the whole version as well. In the end, I was just eating the dinner. And then, I, was just, I, was, I was stood on, was stood on a chair on the overnight. Uh, the they just, they're not even watching by the end. They're just eating the dinner. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I missed up big big Ben Clarkson who. His physio now. He was he was physio at the academy as well. He did both. He was doing a dual. He's, he's joined the he's joined the women's side as well. And he had to do his initiation the other day. And he read the room to a T. He sang uh, Shania Twain. Man, I feel like a woman. <laughs> 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 went, went down a storm. Went down a storm. I thought, damn it, I missed the trick there. <laughs> oh, I love it, mate. I love it. Well, Jim, we play Derby next. Would you bring yeah. Ariola back into the team? Um, and how hard is it to be a backup keeper waiting for your chance, especially when you know you're of a certain calibre and you're playing second fiddle to a, a 37-year-old Fabianski who has had question marks over him recently? Yeah, listen, I think it depends on where you are at your career. Now, for me, Ariola must be really frustrated. Must yeah. be really frustrated. He must want to play first-team football. He's good enough to play in most sides, I think, in top divisions around the world, you know, whether in France or in, in the Prem. You know, he he would be... He'd be a first choice at most clubs, I think. So, he's got to be frustrated. I don't know them, so I'm, I'm obviously... It's a guess again. I'm looking from the outside. I don't spend any time with him or ask him this, so 
you know, there's no insight on this at all. It's just what I see from the outside. But he must be frustrated. It's different when I sort of got a bit older and my knee, I'd done my knee and I came back and by the third year of, you know, trying to manage the knee and get back, I knew I couldn't play at that top level week in, week out. So to be on the bench for me and around the squads, you know, was I was happy with that. You know, and if I need, I was called upon to play in any game, I knew I could do a job for, you know, maybe two or three, maybe half a dozen games. But start if I had to do ten or twelve on the trot, you know, then I knew the knee wouldn't wouldn't have let me do it. So I was quite happy being a second choice, maybe even a third choice. So I got a bit older as well. Um, so you know, your role. I think if you look at Ariola, it's different for him. You know, he's a good age. He's a good goalkeeper. We've shipped in a lot of goals as well. Whether the Fabianski is fault a lot of times it's not been I think Fabian's he's, he's not done enough really to be taken out but has he done enough to stay in it's one of those questions a real tough one but I think you know I still think Fabian's is a top goalkeeper as well he's proved that in some of the games we've we've actually ground out a point or won he's been top draw and he's had to be as well so it's that's another debate isn't it? it always throws up the debates when you're struggling you know but yeah I mean if if you don't get the cup games, when does Ariola play? So he, he has to play. He has to play at least in the cup games for me. And, and you know, if he if, if he can show enough in them games that the manager can trust you to if if we do if we concede another couple of goals to change it, that's all he can do. He can do put that in the manager's mind. I'm there for you. If you want to make the change. I mean it's pretty he seems a nice, calm character as well. Very different to me. When I was when I was playing and I thought I should have been playing, you know, when, before the, the knee would give up on me. You know, we had Rob Green in there. And, like, Green was excellent, don't get me wrong, and he lived and breathed football and he gave himself every, the best opportunity to be the best goalkeeper he could be. I was on a different scale. I probably didn't, but I thought I was a, I was a better goalie than Greeny. But <laughs> it was one of those. I wasn't playing and Greeny let three goals in. I'd be knocking on, it was Curbs' door at the time, or, or Pods, I'd be knocking on the door going, why am I not playing? Like, he's just let three goals in. I should be playing. <laughs> I always remember Curbs came out with one and went, yeah, but he's, he's England's number one goalkeeper, Jim. I can't just drop him. I went, well, <laughs> then you're costing me a fucking England cap, ain't you? You're costing me a West Ham fucking number one spot. You're costing me an England cap. It's double whammy. You need to play me. <laughs> oh, I love that. I think that's Curbs gave me a new contract in the end. I think that was just to shut me up. So with the sorry, go on. No, no, no. Just saying, but yeah, it's it's different, and it must be frustrating for him. I feel. Yeah, definitely. Um, so there's a a week left, or just under a week now, of the transfer window. Do you think West Ham, if possible, should try and bring in a few players? If so, what what positions would you be hoping we get them in? I mean. <sighs> And what guy? What do you guy? You've probably you've you've obviously vocal on this. But what what do you think we need? Where would you strengthen? If you had a decent budget, you could go to Nobs and go Nobs. Right, spend this for me. We've got this. Where would you go? I'm not sure. Yeah, to me, I think my mind changes. I think we need another centre back. Obviously, we've lost Dawson now. Zuma's out for about a month. I would 
guess. So that, and if we're going to play three at the back, that only leaves, you know, Ogbonna, Aguirre, yeah. Kera. So I think maybe a sense back, possibly on loan, uh, a minimum. And then I think, obviously, the striker situation's a bit interesting. If Ings is out, Skamaka's out, you know, can we rely on Antonio? So maybe, I, I wouldn't maybe splash the cash right now. I'd maybe get a couple of loans in and see how they did. And I think the fullback positions need to be addressed at some point as well. So that that would be my immediate yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I'm with you. It's, it's it's a real tough one, isn't it? Because it is. It's very oh, maybe this, maybe that, maybe yeah. loans. Mm. And it, you, I think we're. I, I feel like we was getting to the point where I was hoping we was, we was maybe better than that. And anyone we signed, right? We we need a right back say because it's not quite work. You know, Kufal's still Kufal is. He does a great job. He digs in when he plays. Ben Johnson's not Ben Johnson's not quite kicked on how we wanted him to. But I don't think he'll play in loads of different positions instead of nailing down that one. But mm. maybe say you go right back and you go right. If we're going in, I don't just want to get a, a loan in like fucking Lionel Scaloni loan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the World Cup winner. Get, yeah, yeah, the World Cup. I can't say too much. Now, yeah. who, who's, who's who's crying now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But like, if you want to go and say right, right back to position, say well, instead of going and getting someone to compete, you'd want to go right. We want someone who's going to take us forward. You're going to, have to splash yeah, forward on it. Mm, you I know agree. what I mean? That's where I'm at with it. I think, think maybe we've got enough in there to, to as long as we find the blend, maybe like you say, just a couple of loans just to get you through to, to safety and 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 push on a little bit this season, and then hopefully you go in the summer right. We yeah. need right back, left back, agree. Centre forward. Mm. Uh, you then see where you are with Declan, you know, as well. Yeah. That's been that's been hovering around for the last two years, and it's you know what I mean. Whether he, and I know he signs a new deal, and uh, whether he does or not, he's, he's still going to be there. Do you know what I mean? So, I think the only hope, and I said that all along, the only hope of him staying is to build a team around him. But for that, you've got to be splashing 40, 50 mil on a right back, even eighty mil on a forwards. And really going for it, and and are we going to do that? I don't know. Hopefully we do. We get to the, we get we just get through to the summer and do okay, and we kick on a little bit. Hopefully, and you know, we can, like I say, we've got Derby Saturday. Hopefully, we can progress in in the cup and have a good cup run as well. And the, we've got the, the Conference League as well. So if we can have a good run in those and just get to comfortable safety in the Prem, I think that turns into a really good season. Then, and like you say, and then I would hopefully be. No, I know. I know knows what his what his thoughts are to take the club forward. You know, he he'll want to be going getting the best players in the positions and, and really push us forward. So I'm hoping that's how it works. Hoping that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we all are, mate. We all we all live in hope yeah. at the moment. The thing is, we're in a really difficult situation where we're not having this conversation sitting sort of eighth or ninth. And what can we do in this window to get us over the line to qualify for the Europa League? This is this is a really kind of difficult position in the sense that we're trying to attract players that potentially could be championship players next season. So that's a challenge in itself. So we have to go down the loan route. I'll make you right there. But also there is uncertainty over whether David Moyes is even going to be the next manager in two or three mm. weeks. So you're not going to want to lump on and back a manager who might want a right wing back to play in a back five yeah. system when the new manager might want, might want to play a flat back four. So yeah. it's a real conundrum, no, isn't it? Um, it's a difficult, difficult yeah. uh, scenario we face with no, here. That's exactly it, mate. That's exactly it. It's, it's all up in the air a minute, a minute, isn't it? I think, like I say, we just need to... If we can, like like I said, 
get the excitement through the cup runs, you know, get to safety in the league and go from there. And, and, and you know, if we end up mid-table, I'm okay with that this season from where we are at the minute. Yeah. And uh, go, and get the, go and get the fans excited by the cup runs again. It all settles down in the summer. You know where you are with the manager. You know where you are with, with Declan and it's all settled right. We're going for it again. Let's push mm-hmm. on. Let's not get into this position again. We've got some really good players in there. If we can sign another two or three on the back of that in the summer, that you know, and really focus on the areas we need, then it gives us a real chance to kick on again. So, like I say, hope's a great thing, isn't it? And we all live on it. So, I'm, I'm hopeful <laughs> it is going to go that way. Listen, I know Noves. One thing I do know about Noves without, again, no insight and having talked to him about it, what I do know of him is he'll only be doing the job at the club. He's not just going to come back for the sake of it to be back, he's going to want to push the club forward and he's want to be, he wants to be given the tools to be able to do that. And I'll know that or I know he wants to come back to do it. So you'll hope that's that's what happens and he you know, he can help do that and really push us on again. Mm, yeah, well, good luck to him. I think he's going to fucking need it, to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, <laughs> Jim, it's been great speaking to you as always, mate. Keep up the good work, pal. We look forward to speaking to you again. I was quite again. sensible there, wasn't I? That's yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's the most sensible one we've done. <laughs> I didn't even say so fucking there I was or anything. No, yeah. Mate, you've changed. You've changed since you've been working. Always good to speak to Jim. Tonight we go to Pride Park, so let's find out a little bit more about our opponents. Derby were created in 1884 by the Derbyshire County Cricket Club and the team gets its nickname the Rams to show tribute to its links with the first regiment of Derby militia which took a ram as its mascot. When Derby County moved to the baseball ground in 1895 they had to evict gypsies off the site. It's believed that one of those gypsies placed a curse on the club and it's also believed that the curse specified that Derby would never win the FA Cup. The Rams reached three FA Cup finals in the next eight years losing all three including a 6-0 loss to Bury in 1903. In 1946 Derby County did win the FA Cup. Jackie Stamps is rumoured to have paid a gypsy to have the curse lifted before the day of the final. Stamps scored twice in that final as Derby won 4-1. In 1967, Brian Clough and Peter Taylor took over and led Derby to its greatest glory, from 18th in the second division to their first ever Division 1 championship in 1972. Though Derby didn't retain their title the following season, they did reach the semi-finals of the European Cup where they lost to Juventus. Today you can find a bronze statue of Clough and Taylor outside Pride Park in commemoration of their legacy. They're famous for their rivalry with Nottingham Forest, but also have a big dislike for Leeds and Leicester. Right, it's that time again. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, Tell them, honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.